Welcome to Pediatric Dentistry from A to T, the podcast that covers all aspects of pediatric dentistry, clinical, business, wellness for dentists, and leading edge science. It's all right here. And now your host, Dr. Jared Johnson. Welcome to another episode of Pediatric Dentistry from A to T. I am excited today to have Ruth Alvarez, the president of the Nevada Academy of Pediatric Dentistry, here today to talk with us about her journey in pediatric dentistry, because I think we all have a story to share, and that's really is what is exciting about pediatric dentistry. And I'm going to quiz her a little bit more about her private practice, because it's a unique model, and I think it's exciting to hear how she's worked on that. And then also, I want to know a little bit more about her upcoming meeting. So welcome uh, here on the show, Dr. Ruth. Thanks for coming on. Yeah, thank you for having me. I'm excited. So so you did some training out at UNLV, right, for your MS and PhD in oral biology. And then you ended up coming to Vegas. And that's because of love, you say. And it's because you, you fell in love with an orthodontist, right? Yes. So I did all of my training at UCLA. So from I did undergrad, my master's, dental school, PhD, and then my residency. Um, So I met Freddie, who's my husband, who's an orthodontist um, in a dental meeting. And so we fell in love. And that's how I ended up here in Vegas. So I actually was at UNLV when Freddie was in the residency program there for orthodontics. He actually opened his office, I think, during my, I think it was my first year of residency there. He was good friends with Dr. Vic Tiku. Uh, yeah, I'm sure yeah. they still talk. And he opened his orthodontic practice. He's he's very successful. And now you have moved into a new office together. Is that correct? That's correct. Yeah. So I finished residency 2018, and then I moved here. Um, I did one year as an associate, and then 2019 is when we decided to join forces, and we incorporated Pedo into his existing ortho practice, but we changed the name and everything, so it was like a complete rebranding and startup again, Um, but he initially started in 2015 as a solo orthodontist, and then that's when I came on board. 2019. Can you speak a little bit more to that as a practice journey? Because I think there's a great relationship that pedo and ortho can have. And I think as a husband and wife, even a better relationship that you both can share the excitement of, you know, you get to take care of the kids when they're young, but then when it's time to kind of transition them, it it makes sense that you don't have to have another separate visit. If there's something you want to get seen quickly that day, right? It it just fits together How does that work on a day-to-day basis for you and Dr. Martinez? So that's a great question. So usually, so we have two locations right now. So we don't actually work like on like a day-to-day together. But if I, if a patient is ready for orthodontic treatment or I see something that I want him to see, we have a treatment coordinator in office that will take photos and so, so forth and set up an appointment with Dr. Martinez or Freddie, um, and do like an orthodontic consult and so forth. So it's like really easy to to just like email him or send photos or have the treatment coordinator discuss, um, even if he's not in the building because we can like call him and so forth. But 
usually at our office, um, since an orthodontic consultation is recommended around eight years of age, um, we start taking photos um, at that age and we monitor them every six months when they come in for the recall. So even if he is not there, we take the photos and then he looks at them and then makes his recommendations. And then we're in constant communication with the families and the parents. So yeah, I think it's a really great service to have all in one office. Wow. I That's impressive. I don't think that's something that most pediatric dental offices do. I think it's, you kind of look at things and for me, it's kind of like when the foreign sizes are in there, now we're going to look at the canines. And I think that's one for me, biggest thing that general dense miss is ectopic eruption of uh, the threes, right? So the, sure. the canines, and it's like, yeah. it's such an easy thing to catch, but it's such a pain in the butt problem to fix when that thing gets impacted or resorbs the root of a, a two or a lateral incisor. And now we're talking yeah, surgery and yeah. just, just not fun things. So I think that just taking those pictures is above and beyond. I think what any pediatric office, I don't do that. And I'm impressed that you're doing that and yeah. that he's taking the time to look at it. I think your patients are probably getting a very, very high level of care from the two of you. And I think it also goes to the building trust because that's one thing that I think is really important when you are, you know, going to a dentist that provides all these services to be able to trust the team, right? So you and Freddie are a team and that's really important. How do you two work together? Because my wife works at the office and they all say don't have like husband yeah. and a spouse work together like if the wife's the office manager that's awful i'm sure like people probably look at you two and are like you're crazy but I, I you can do it and i think you can do it the right way and my wife and i make it work but how do you and uh dr freddie martinez make that work on a day-to-day -day basis i mean you know there's moments where it's hard right because i mean having a business i think is hard in itself and then like you you come home and you bring those issues home with you um, but luckily we're at that point now, um, within the practice where we've hired a management, um, crew. So we have a practice manager and then we have an operations manager. So they've taken a lot of those issues, um, that pertain to the systems within the business or working on the business. And they are now responsible for those things. So we get to enjoy just talking a little bit more now about like clinical stuff or smaller stuff that doesn't encompass a lot of like anxiety or stress right now. Yeah, we hired a consultant back in July, and it's just amazing what what it can do for you to have someone take that off your plate. I think we as dentists are just so like hands on. We want to be in a part of everything. We want to, yeah. you know, do all this stuff. And it's sometimes you just got to realize that your time is better spent doing other things and you can hire someone else to do something and take something away from you so you can get a little more enjoyment out of it, enjoyment out of your patience and spending time, you know, doing the things that you, you love in dentistry and not worrying about so much the business stuff. It It's good to know it, but it's also good to be able to, yeah, we can pass that off. I don't, I don't want to do that. Uh, on this yeah, day, day-to-day -day basis, it just is a, a lot of stress. And you yeah. said you have two locations, correct? Is that? Yes. So what inspired you to get a second location after? Because I know Freddie had one and then, I mean, you grew obviously together. Yeah. So originally um, his first office was set up on the Southwest part of Las Vegas. And then 
he outgrew it. So I guess his lease was up or something like that. And he started looking for um, another location. So we ended up finding two locations, one on the east side of Las Vegas and then one more central. So it just ended up being an opportunity for us to establish uh, those two offices. Um, so when he's at one office, I'm at the other office. So we kind of, trans, um, we alternate days. Another question with, do your assistants go with you or with him or do they work with both of you? Cause ortho is a different animal. Like it, that's it, a different it, type of assisting than going to a pediatric office and maybe have to deal with a more difficult situation. Typically those orthodontic patients are a little more cooperative, I would say. Yeah. So d- right now we have like pediatric assistants and then we have orthodontic assistants, but I, our vision ultimately is to hire um, assistants that can do both. And sometimes, and the reason why is because if someone, an orthodontic assistant calls out, at least there's a pediatric assistant, maybe that can fill her spa. And it's always good to have an assistant trained in both because during the day, like I might be doing a recall on one of his patients, we have to untie and retie them back. So it's always good for, for both of them to have both training. Um, so going forward, I think we're going to try to have dual trained assistants, but right now everything is separate. Well, that's an added benefit. I can't tell you how many patients I've had that have been in orthodontics and they get a cavity and it's like, well, you're going to have to have two visits. What if I could just have my assistants untie this wire, do the work, retie the wire back on. What a great benefit for your patients to have and not have to go back and forth. I mean, I can untie a wire, but obviously, I know. Yeah. (laughs) Obviously I'm not going to be spend, be the one spending the time to put that on if I'm not doing that. Yeah, exactly. A day-to-day basis. Yeah, for sure. I think like I'm much slower than some of the, for sure, much slower than the orthodontic assistants, like retying and untying because yeah, we don't do it on a day-to-day basis. Yeah. I had to suture the other day. Uh, Don't, don't ask me. (laughs) My assistants were like, yeah, it was it was a nightmare. I didn't look at the schedule and it was actually an ortho extraction. So it oh. got referred back to me from the orthodontist and there's a class two patient. Normally we take out the first bicuspid for that. Uh-huh. And they ended up having space loss due to not having a space maintainer as a kid uh-huh. and having the E extracted and the pre-mol- second premolar was impacted. And uh-huh. I didn't look at the schedule and got put on my schedule and the letter from the orthodontist said no surgical complications contraindications and it's impacted on the palate i'm like and i just had fractured another tooth before it i'm have this tooth coming in and so i reflect the flap and i find find the tooth and i get the tooth out and then i'm trying to suture on the palate don't ask me to do that i I maybe do one or two sutures a year so i think (laughs) i think looking at looking at things that's maybe my uh, mistake this friday i should share but uh that's one of the things that i think i need to be better at is reviewing the orthodontic plan and you probably have a great communication uh, with your husband yeah. on what needs to go to oral surgery what can you keep yeah. in house and everything just comes back and it's kind of for me it's i don't look at it all the time and i probably need to do a little better job of doing that i want to shift gears a little bit sure because you got involved in organized dentistry, I mean, by all means, president of a state pediatric dental association. Wow, that's impressive. How did you get involved in the Nevada Academy of Pediatric Dentistry? Where Where did it start? 
Um, so when I moved here and became an associate, I worked with Dr. Hughes and Dr. Sanders, who are part of the UNLV residency program. I'm sure you you know them. So they were they kind of introduced me into academics at UNLV and then also into organized dentistry a little bit. And I've always kept a good relationship with both of them. So last last year, no, 2022, um, Nicole Bowie was the president and she went, she did her training at USC, but she did dental school at UCLA. So the association was there with her as well. And she called me and asked me if I was interested. So uh, I went ahead and said, yes. So I started off as president elect with her and now I am president and like, this is going towards the end of my term, but then Dr. Chandler Heyer will become president this upcoming year. But I think it's all the associations that I've had like here in Vegas and then in LA. So it's just like through people I know and like keeping constant contact. What are some of the challenges facing uh, pediatric dentistry in Nevada right now? I know around the country, a lot of talk is about surgical centers. I think when I was in residency, we had great access, access to them. I don't know if that's changed. What are some things that obviously reimbursement for Medicaid services is a big one, but Nevada's actually taken care of better than most states, which is good. What are yeah. some things that you've seen that have been some things you'd like to see us address in your state? Um, so yeah, the the issue, the biggest issue right now is access to OR um, or surgical centers. Um, and also I think that has to do with the compensation for anesthesia for hospitals. Um, Last year, we were involved um, with the whole, I believe it's code G0330, where you get, where the hospital gets reimbursed um, higher um, now, but there was some issues with it being implemented here in Nevada, because apparently like there's a certain amount of funding allotted for those, for certain medical services and the state has to approve the code and so forth. So we can't implement it just yet. Um, so we have to like lobby and stuff like that for to get that compensation for um, dental rehabilitation in a hospital setting. So that's something that we uh, that Nicole was working on in Chandler. And now we're kind of in the process of, of talking about it and like getting legislation and like um, lobbying and so, stuff like that. So that's where we're at. And the biggest thing right now affecting Las Vegas currently or Nevada. Yeah, thank you for your work on that. I think this is like, a, for me, this is like a big juxtaposition because if you look at, if you look at the history of dentistry, so I don't know if you know this, but back in the day, back way back in medieval times, you would have charlatans show up. So charlatan was a person that would come to town, and what they would do is they would stand up, they'd have an extracted tooth from someone else or an animal, and mm -hmm. they take blood from like a rooster. And they'd oh. fake extract a tooth on a big stage in front of everyone because everyone's in pain and no one could take care of the dental pain. And then they get all these people to line up and get their teeth extracted and they'd all scream. It was a big show. And then they leave town and leave all these surgical complications behind. Yeah. And then we move into Morton and Wells uh -huh. and they invented general anesthesia. But now we as pediatric dentists, we do such a good job with local anesthetics yeah. that we aren't able to use the anesthesia that we invented. But if your kid was going to go in to some kids, I was talking to one doctor at our hospital and he's like, Oh, we're doing an ingrown toenail today under surgery. I'm like, what? what? <laughs> like, I'm like, 
we do such a good job with local anesthetics and I think it's a blessing and a curse, but I think we should also appreciate where we were, where we come from. And I think we need to embrace making kids comfortable at the dentist. And I don't think it's a thing that if they need sedation, I think if it was a medical procedure, they'd probably have it. And I don't think it's so bad that we do it. It's just the perception is, I remember in residency, I was telling my mom, it was a periodontist. She's like, you have kids go to sleep for dentistry. I'm like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, and sh- she's been doing dentistry for years, but they don't understand the extent and the problem and the severity of these kids. And yeah. I think that's kind of a curse. And I'm really appreciative of the APD and the ADA and the AOMS. Like we've yeah. got the hospital codes. I think it sounds like you have some more problems that yeah. are coming up because of it. You're always going to have problems, but you're working through it. And I appreciate you doing that. I know the surgical center code will hopefully come. I mean, they're going from getting reimbursed. What we were, the our hospital here was getting one hundred twenty-four dollars a case, and wow. you can't, you can't, no, 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 you can't have an anesthesiologist, two nurses, two surge techs in the room, recovery. You can't make that work. And I think this two thousand three, I think it's two thousand three hundred, two thousand eight hundred now. If this continues to grow, I think that's a great thing for kids. I think for access to care. So thank you for all the work that you do with that. And you've also had some challenges here recently. You're organizing a meeting here and coming up in January, right? That's going to be exciting. Uh, yeah. So annual session is going to be awesome here. I think I'm excited for it personally for personal reasons, but uh, uh, can you tell us a little bit more about your annual session and what that means with your pals, your BLS, your, sure, yeah. all the um, CE that you're giving here in, in Las Vegas and a wonderful town to come eat, dine, and experience entertainment. Yeah, to have some fun. Um, so it's January 19th to the 20th um, here in Las Vegas. It's going to be at the Vidara Hotel. And on Friday, we're offering PALS and BLS recertification at UNLV. So that would be Friday from 1 to 5 p.m. And then on Saturday, we have you speaking. So we're very excited. So thank you. And that's going to be from nine to five. So seven CEs. Um, and it's going to be at the Vidara. And we had it there last year and it was phenomenal. Um, the food was great. The facility was great. Um, and it's like very central. So if you're staying on the strip or coming out of town, it's a great place because you can find entertainment, food and so forth. So you're coming for dentistry, but you can come have some fun too. So it should be good. We're excited. Yeah, I think one of what's your favorite place in Vegas to eat? Oh, what's a place we used to go to with the ramen? Oh my gosh, I can't. It's on oh, down yes, in Chinatown. Monta. Yes, Monta. Oh my! Yes. If you're gonna go to go to Vegas, if you're gonna come see us, you got to go down Chinatown. Have uh, the spicy tonkatsu. I get that every time uh, in yeah. residency. And then there's one up north called Comex. You probably won't get up that far, but yeah, uh, Comex is is a great place we used to go to in residency. Uh, and I'm super excited that you invited me. I know there were some challenges with that and yeah. we're going to make it work. It's going to be exciting. Um, you know, I am super excited to come and talk about vital pulp therapy. And I see about quite a bit of Medicaid. Not a lot of people can make it to the endodontist. And we do great work with MTA on these permanent teeth and shed some light onto that. It's really been a game changer and I've kind of learned a little bit more about reimbursement so we can talk about how you're going to get reimbursed for those procedures. I want to talk more about 
aesthetics and things that are changing. I've done quite a few Bioflex crowns. I've done quite a few Zirconia crowns. We can talk challenges with those. And then what I'm really excited for is 3D printing. Like you can now 3D print your own prefabricated crown, which is crazy with the new materials that Sprint Ray has. And that is super exciting. I think that's where things are going to go in our yeah. industry in the next five years. I Someone's going to take care of it. I had some talks with one company and they were super excited and things got quiet. So I think they're working on it, okay. which is exciting for me, which yeah, I'm not going to get anything out of it, but uh, then I don't have to do the work. But once that's developed, I think it's going to get a little more exciting for you as a pediatric dentist to work with some of these materials and kind of push the the limits that these 3D printed resins uh, have. And then I really am excited to talk about wellness and burnout and mm-hmm. how we can dial down into your schedule yeah. and your office and your team. And there's so many ways I've done a few posts on social media, but there's so many ways, like everyone wants to know how you do it, but there's so many factors that affect that. And I've kind of dialed into these a little bit at my office and how do we impact these factors that are from the federal dental Institute and really get down. How do you make that change in a pediatric office? Mm-hmm. And just maybe one example that we had, this was on Thursday. I had four patients across the five, actually. So I had my operative column scheduled and in the hygiene column. They had it. They had a hall crown that needed me. They had a spacer that came off that needed me. They had a limited exam that needed me. And the first thing I said, the morning huddle, I said, I'm not mad about this. This is going to work but you have four patients scheduled that all need me. Yeah. And this does not work for me. Yeah, <laughs> like I can't be in four yeah. places yeah. at once. So we really need to look in how we schedule this effectively yeah. to have a great day for me. And I also say it doesn't work for you either. Cause you're all just going to sit around and do nothing. And then what if this happens in the middle of the day and you're all waiting on me and all the patients are staring at you saying, what, why are you just sitting around? What are you doing? So there's ways that I'm going to coach you on that. We are working on those systems at my office now, which has been great. And then we're going to talk about a little bit of collections because I want to share with you. The reason I had a consultant is because we were only collecting 63% of our and that's not good, good not no. good at all. Yeah. And since hiring this consultant, we've gone and implemented these systems. I'm going to teach all your dentists how to do this. And I'll hate to say it. We've been preaching this to our team, but when someone else comes in and says what you've been saying all along, it makes a little more sense when it comes from someone else. So we're going to, uh, this month, I, we're, our collections is 223%. Congratulations. <laughs> yeah. Like, and you're like, what? Two hundred. It's because we're collecting the past due, right? Yeah, okay. But it's owed to us. So maybe the family had treatment done. We we sent them statements, statements, and they're not, we're not collecting. We're going to teach you how to correct that because yeah. that shouldn't happen. You shouldn't do the work and not get paid for it. And then we're also going to teach you how to collect the money that's due in the front. So Good. I'm now writing checks to patients to refund them rather than sending a statement. That they owe you, yeah. That they owe me. I'd rather write a check to you and give the money back mm-hmm. than send you you know how much harder that money is to collect down the road? And it's Very super simple. This is a super simple process. I'm going to make it super sim- simple. Teach all your dentists how you can collect 200. It's not going to be 223% forever, right? It's going to be, yeah, no, no. It's going to be 90 something. It's yeah. going to be 103 and then we're going to write checks back. Yeah. yeah. But I'm super excited to come and talk about that in my journey, my story. And 
why things were broken and how to fix the system and what you can do to make it better because I think you should be aware of that and it's going to create a lot less stress because you're not going to have that patient on the schedule that's not willing to pay. Yeah, you need to be valued for your time. Yes. Yeah. Like if if they're not willing to make the payment, then they're not going to be on the schedule. They're not going to have that missed appointment. If they prepay, they're going to be more likely to make their appointment. Uh-huh. There's so many factors. This I'm really excited to to be out yeah. with you in Vegas and be a part yeah. of this group. I I went to UNLV. It's got a warm spot in my heart. My wife and I are going to come down and have a good weekend out. So is there anything else about your meeting that you would like to share, invite people to? I know I've I sent an email blast. We had a great response from it. I hope we got some more people to sign up and I hope this will get some more people excited about it because I'm excited. Uh, I'm going to be pumped there and be ready to deliver, Dr. Ruth. Yeah, I know. Um, we're very excited to have you. So thank you. Um, we have a couple of companies that are going to come as well. So I think we have New Smile, Sprig, some other companies um, to talk um, to the attendees, maybe offer some special discounts. So that should be good. Um, so we're just excited. I think it's going to be a great day. And um yeah so thank you for for coming yeah i'm super excited to be there and thank you for coming on a podcast such short notice we'll get this uh out here shortly and hopefully we'll be all celebrating in las vegas the uh, beginning of a new year and new goals and a lot of new technology coming out so super excited for the future of dentistry and for everything that you are doing in nevada i hope it can be a model for other states that maybe have the same challenge. And I appreciate you shedding light on that today. So thanks again for coming on. Thank you for having me. Thank you for listening to Pediatric Dentistry from A to T. Be sure to subscribe so you never miss a future episode. For more information or to connect with Dr. Johnson, visit us online at www.pediatricdentalce.com. For more tips and tricks, Follow Pediatric Dental Seminars on Facebook and Instagram. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next time.